TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and on this beautiful, glorious, sunny day and hopefully it's sunny where you are as well, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch. He is my brother from another mother. He is all the way down south in Melbourne town, down under Australia, Dr. Damien Christoph, How are you, legend? Great. Thank you, Piercey. Nice to be joined by you. Um, mate, it does make me feel a little bit jealous of the sunshine you're experiencing right now, 20 plus degrees. And I think we've just chalked up 15 degrees here in Melbourne town. So it's uh, definitely chilly down here and warmer up there. Love to be with you. This is like Europe. It's like Europe living on the north, northern uh, tips of Australia, northern parts of Australia. There's like an equator, I think, in Australia. Um, but uh, for all of our European <laughs> listeners, the, you'll be just uh, cock a hoop right now because you're getting stuck into the early remnants of um, spring and uh, summer. Um, and we have a large tribe that listen to us, Damo, on the northern. Can I call it the northern, the northern parts of the world, or does that really depend on where you live? That's a question for Einstein. Is there a north and south? Like, particularly for a sphere, does that mean that there's no north and no south? Anyway, I'm not even going to try and go there. No, there is because there's poles. We know that. Well, there are, there are poles. Yep. So okay. The North Pole. So the, our friends in the Northern Hemisphere um, would just be—they'd yeah, be loving. They'd be loving this time of the year. Whereas a lot of people in Australia are just starting to get a little bit narky at the weather. Is there any such thing, Damo, as seasonal affective disorder? Sad, or is it a load of baloney all in your head? It's all between the ears, and um, uh, it's just not real. No, it definitely exists. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, it exists for a number of reasons. Yes, there's chemicals. Um, there's the inability to get outside and meet and play with people. Um, you know, darkness. Are people is a, unable? It, it, this is my curiosity. So in Finland, where there's no light, I always remember when we were over there and it was like dark for 20 hours a day. And I learned, and I could be wrong, but Finland uh, as a country, this was back in 2006, had like the highest suicide rate um, per capita. And it was, yeah, possibly because of the of the of the dark um but when you say unable like i'm like well are people really unable or just unwilling in the wet weather and don't get me wrong i'm not on my high horse here looking down on people because i'm in the very much uh, unable crowd i'd love warm weather and i don't really feel able but is it ability or is it just desire no, there's definitely an ability thing because there's a certain amount of hours and a certain amount of time and there's certain angles of refraction that the light from the sun needs to be at in order to be able to produce different hormones. So one of those um, hormone precursors is vitamin D that's caused through the melanin in your skin, um, refracting and reacting with sunlight. Um, and then light refraction actually triggering melatonin uh, you know, in through the pineal gland. Um, so as light refraction hits the iris of the eyes or the irides of the eyes, you uh, you trigger the pineal gland to secrete melatonin, and melatonin helps you sleep. And of course, if you sleep more and more appropriately, uh, the pineal gland also assists in the production of serotonin. Um, so we need the other thing we need too is we need vitamin D to assist our serotonin, you know, manufacture. So an absence of sunlight definitely affects the health of our body, our immune system, our mental health, our well-being, our bone growth. 
um, other growth hormones, muscle growth, all that sort of stuff is affected by the absence of sunlight. So there's a, there's a very physical cause. And yes, maybe there are some more sensitive souls out there. So maybe there's some sensitive people out there that might be more affected than others. Um, and, and yeah, there's there surely is. There surely is. I love hearing you talk about this. We don't do this enough where you get your your anatomical, biological, biochemical, physiological spin on and just you just flow. It's just like... It's like watching butter melt the way you talk like this. It's beautiful. So, all right then. What about for people that are just getting a bit grumpy as it gets a bit colder in Australia? Um, uh, what do they do? Because I'm just going to take – we're going to take this episode. I said I'm going to take this episode, but if you're happy to go there, let's just take this episode on a spin because this is a great seasonal episode. For people that are starting to feel a bit grumpy um, as the sunlight or daylight hours are becoming less, what do they do? What do you suggest? I wonder whether or not people actually on. start to feel grumpy, or they become grumpy. Oh, because come on, not they do. How to deal with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but is it that they feel it's a bit internal? Sad it's and not that bad. That makes it's them not feel grumpy. It's not bad. So I'm just going to go a little bit stinery for a moment because they talk a lot about okay. this um, at school. So, so summer is the season when everyone's out and about. It's it's overtly social. It's an outdoor lifestyle, and you. You're just you're socialising on steroids, and as it gets colder, not only do you start spending more time indoors, but socially and on a personality level, you're, you're far more internal. You don't have this great desire to catch up with people and buzzing around the town and gallivanting off on excursions and doing all this thing. You're actually more inclined to go a bit more internal, both physically, socially, uh, emotionally, and the rest. So I don't think it's a it's. Um, I don't think it's bad. I actually think it's by design. Um, so I'm more curious for the people that that feel like they are not themselves, for want of a better term, when the seasons change and whether when the seasons change, they don't feel like they can adjust to it. Does that make sense? Well, like what yeah, do they do? The people yeah. that don't feel like they're adjusting well to the changing seasons, um, and it's not about okay, you need to get uh, more. Um, well, it might be actually. It might be that they need to change things in their diet or get more daylight, get get some d- daylight or sunlight hours, not obviously bright sun because uh, that's not available so much, but uh, maybe there's an adjustment that needs to take place in that it's not bad that they don't want to go out and socialize so much. Uh, that's okay. Um, but, you know, where do you sit on terms of adjusting your lifestyle as, as the seasons um, change and adjust? Well, we do want to adjust our lifestyle. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's that's definitely important. It, it still means that we still got to, we need to socialize. We still have to socialize. That's a really important uh, factor for being human and to be a high quality, sane human. Socializing is unbelievably important. Um, but as I said before, like the biochemical factors, people might go into winter having spent a lot of summer inside or covered up from the sun. So they might have had a hat on or lots of sunscreen on or you know, long sleeve and long panted clothes so they don't get burnt, you know, because they're avoiding certain cancers or whatever. Um, and so as a result, they go into a otherwise relatively deficient environment uh, of vitamin oh, D. Oh, so, they so they're already low, low by the time they get in. Yeah, so they're going in low into, you know, an, an, another period of the year where their immune system is challenged by viruses and bacteria more so than what it might have been through the summer. Um, they're inside a lot more, so they're having recycled air. 
Um, mm. yeah, it might be that they, they, you know, they become a little bit reclusive. You know, then those other opportunities to be outside and with their friends are less now. Maybe there's all of those things that are very, very real. And if we look at the people that live the longest, they spend a lot of time outside moving, um, and the climate allows for that to take place. Yeah. So, you know, across the board, like if you look at Okinawa, you look at Ikaria, Sardinia, Costa Rica, Loma Linda, they're all in areas where the weather's good. Yep. Well, they have they have um, they have distinct seasons. Yeah. As well, they do hot and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or dry and wet. Yeah. Okay. This is good. So, so the so the number one thing, which may not help people listening right now that have had a deficient summer, but the number one thing is in the in the summertime, you're saying, sure, be wise and be smart and don't don't cook yourself. But also, don't be like uh, scared of the sun. Um, give yourself some exposure to to give your uh, vitamin D and, and like give it what it needs. Give your body what it needs, so that you're not coming into yeah. these cooler months deficient and coming from a That's low right. base. That's right. And if you can't if you can't get exposure to the sun, then take a vitamin D supplement or yeah. have some cod liver oil or you know something that's going to top up your vitamin D levels. That's other than milk and dairy. I mean, that's one way to do it, but there's other health implications of doing that. So I'm not going to recommend that people just go and drink milk willy nilly. It's, you know, has health implications. So you just got to be careful of that. So, well, yeah. On a dietary level, I like this is going to sound ridiculous, but this is just something that I notice. Like, as it gets colder, I, I very, I have no appetite for a beer. Just no appetite. Doesn't, doesn't interest me. Having a, a super cold drink in super cool weather. Yeah. Does nothing for me. Yeah. Having a glass of no. wine, having a glass of wine feels really warming. Like it's really, and not a no, white wine, like a red wine, feels really snug. But, but, mo- but more importantly, having a cup of tea uh, feels something like I just, I, I seem to drink so much more tea in these cooler months than in the summer months. Um, and I feel like with the seasons, there's not major overhauls to make i feel like there's just adjustments to make um what nutritionally do you think are the are the adjustments that people are wise to look out for or be curious in their own appetite or desires that they may not necessarily and i don't think i'm not sure you think they don't have to make sense they just have to acknowledge that their body has different requirements um in different seasons well, that's a, that's a great question. And so there'll be foods that are, are warmer and more nourishing. So they're going to go for warmer, more nourishing herbs and spices. So ginger and garlic and chili, uh, those sorts of foods, um, cinnamon and cloves, all those sorts of things that warm the body are really important. Um, and so where you might have salads and lightly steamed vegetables through summer, you're yes. more likely to have, you know, more um, cooked more cooked foods, vegetables and yes. more solid, robust, chem- you know, types of foods that are also rich in carbohydrates, just to kind of nourish you and you know, kind of get your tummy back in, you know, into good health again. And um, so the the foods that are rich in starch and carbohydrate, things like potato and banana and rice, those sorts of things can really assist the microbiome to kind of repair itself and protect your immune system. But a lot of people kind of come out of summer with a bit of a hangover of, you know, wanting to only eat salad. And so they continue to eat salad and eat salad and eat salad, even into colder months. And so then they succumb to the environment. 
because the body just wasn't supported. So keep keep really warming foods going into your body. Have bone broths. Um, somebody asked me today, what about soups and all that sort of stuff? And my big thing is that you would have the broth and then put fresh veggies in that. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Cooking the bejesus out of the vegetables, you know, in the pursuit of making a soup. Um, have a, a broth which has got the flavor and then add the fresh vegetables to it and just simmer it for a little bit Yeah. Um, and then have those vegetables still crunchy but warmed through with that broth. Um, and then you could thicken that broth with rice if you wanted to or you could add potatoes if that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. you're doing those sorts of things but your broth is your base for flavor. Yep. Um, I also noticed and, and you mentioned it earlier like there's way less uh, – I know when I was, I was been going to the market last couple of weeks and I'm like – uh, Denise, who has, uh, b- does our lettuce, she grows the lettuce. And I'm like, oh, sorry, Denise, we're just not eating salad at the moment. Like, the kids have no appetite for it. It's not really desired um, in any way. What about breakfast? Like, where do you sit in terms of, or not just breakfast, actually, but, you know, that whole, um, just in terms of the amount of food with the seasons, do you have a view whether, um, you know, in summer there seems to be more of a view that uh, obviously watery foods, but, um you know, in terms of the quantity of foods from from season to season, do you have a view as to whether winter is a um, a time where you're having a lot less food because your energy demands aren't so much because you're not outside and not as active? Like, where do you where do you sit from that perspective in terms of the quantity of food? I think the quantity of the food your consumption is totally dependent on your. Um, your calorific burn, so your metabolism. So if your metabolism remains the same, in other words, you're still exercising as much as what you otherwise would or you're still working as hard as what you would um, and you're awake for as many hours as what you normally would be, then it's highly likely your calorie intake won't change that much. But you make a good point, Piercy, and that is that quite often when we get into these cooler months, um, people do tend to eat more um, food. But through the summer months, they might party harder and, and have more alcohol and you know, calories in, in the liquid form as opposed to calories in the food form. So it's maybe a little bit of a trade-off, but your total calorie load is dependent on your, your total calorie expenditure. So if your expenditure is greater in winter, then you might find yourself eating and eating more through winter than what it would be through summer. Um, but a good way to know is whether or not you're feeling fatigued um, the next day after your food load of the day. So, and if your weight's going up, like if your weight's going up, then obviously you're consuming too much. But that's a way, it's one way of actually knowing. The other thing that could give you clues as to whether or not you're eating too much food is whether or not you're getting smelly flatulence. So, if your farts are really smelly, it's highly likely you're overloading your gastrointestinal system. So, maybe you just need to back off a little bit there. So, um, it, it might just be something simple. Like just lightening your meals or cutting back your meal size by say twenty five percent or twenty oh, percent. Taking chickpeas out of your diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can make you bloat, but it shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't yeah. have you know profuse, continuous, no. smelly farts all the time. I just have this thing. This is just in our family that I say it to Sarah, and I say it like I feel like in our family, nothing would go wrong if we never, ever, ever had a legume ever again. Like I'm happy to have them. But I don't really have any desire. I never go, oh, I'm craving chickpeas right now. But there's heaps of hummus up here. I don't know why, but there's just so much hummus. I feel like there's always hummus in the fridge and I'm like, it's so boring. I have no appetite for hummus. But if it's there, I'll have it. But I, I think there's some foods. and I, you know, I know our Blue Zones uh, founder, Dan Butner, just loves legumes. 
don't know about you. But you know what's interesting? Let's talk about that for a second. He's yeah. right into legumes at the moment, right? Yeah. At the moment because his wife's vegan. So let's get that straight. But if he was to be applying the wisdom that he got through studying all of these cultures around the world, he would see that they don't consume legumes at every single meal and it's not their main and only yeah, source of protein. Yeah, it's just something that they have, yeah. Yeah, it's something that they consume. Yeah. So, and they're probably less anxious about their diet than what Dan's become. He's become really anxious about his diet. Has he? You know? Yeah, it's all about vegan, 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 vegan. You've got to be vegan otherwise you're not going to live a long time. But you've said this many times. There's not one vegan culture in the world that's lived a long time. No, I couldn't. I couldn't get, buy that Dan Putin is banging on. I would say, hasn't he always been more more left of centre, like more plant based, uh, but but still quite clear that whilst they they don't have heaps of meat, they still have some meat. Are you saying it's more just oh. um, gone all the other end? Yeah, I think he's he's my interpretation of it is that he's gone more um, only plants and. Yeah. And loads of plants. So yeah. I have no issue with loads of plants. I think it's really – that's so important. The more plants we eat, the better. Yeah. Um, but we still need appropriate fats. We need appropriate proteins. So – and that comes down to our longevity – or not, sorry, our ancestry. So we've got to look at our ancestry to determine what sort of proteins are beneficial for us as yeah. opposed to just – taking a stab in the dark and going, oh, well, you know, my dad ate steak all the time, but he died at 50, but I, he he likes steak, so I'm going to eat steak as well. It's so fascinating. Maybe, yeah, sorry. We've got to consider our ancestry. I think I think there'll be, uh, and, and I know you are the king of trends, but I have this suspicion that in about five to ten years' time, because veganism is so massive at the moment, I feel like that in five to ten years' time, when a lot of today's vegans have been vegan for five to ten years, There'll be another social, there'll be another paleo, if you know what I mean. And there'll be lots of stories of I was vegan for five to 10 years and it was great at the beginning and then it plateaued and then I actually started to have some health challenges. And I then learned that it was because I wasn't having enough of X, Y, and Z and this, that, and that. And then, you know, and um, a bit like probably almost since we started 100 Not Out, everything goes in waves and cycles. Um, But it is, yeah, it's interesting. I suppose the the if we're coming back to the whole um, seasonal diet, like just if you think of your diet as it is now, do you feel like you adjust much? Um, no, I don't want to say necessarily season to season, but if you maybe split the year up into two halves, like what would be the main changes in your diet, say in winter versus summer? I think we just we use more spices and herbs. There's no doubt about it, um, yeah. and definitely exactly what I said just before about the bone broths. We'll probably cook, um, you know, our kale eggs more frequently through winter than we would through summer. Yeah. Um, which is a nice way to start breakfast. Um, and our evening meals, more often than not, will contain some kind of starchy carbohydrate. Yeah. Like rice, potatoes, or something like that. You know. So that's that's what we're going to work towards. So we'll have a lot more warm food than cold food. Yep. All right. Now I'm going to ask the question that no one wants to, no one wants to talk about. I I tend to I tend to feel that bread is more desired in winter than in summer. Um, now the bread lovers might say, "No, I just crave bread twenty four seven, three six five <laughs> all the time." Um, yeah. But as someone that has observed, learnt, and worked with a lot of people um, on their food, uh, 
is that a fallacy? Is my view completely just individual or is there more of a, you know, soup and crusty bread type feel uh, in winter than there is in summer? Oh, well, I, I definitely think so. I think, you know, when casseroles come into play and um, and your soups come into play and you, all those sorts of foods that, you know, kind of call for bread to be consumed at the same time, like that's almost part of the meal and the way in which that's been done traditionally, That I think that there is a larger calling for it. But, you know, even when we, we look at how bread might be consumed in the summer periods, that might be with a sandwich or it could be, you know, in salads, you know, for example, croutons and just – there's just other ways in which people might still consume their bread, but you might be noticing it more because people around you are having more soup. That's what you might be noticing. That's probably a good point, actually. Is that genetic or environmental that we see soup, we think <laughs> bread? <laughs> is that just hardwired <laughs> in the human genome or is that um, something that all human beings for the last uh, 40,000 years have been thinking about when soup's just ladled into their bowl? I guess it's a learned thing. But imagine that. Could you imagine being the person who ate the first loaf of bread? Wow. What, what have, I, have I just discovered here? What have I made? Yeah. This is the best thing since sliced bread. Was... <laughs> <laughs> what would they have said? What would they have said? This is the best thing since. Uh, ever. They'd, they'd, they'd be scratching their head going, What is this the best thing since? Oh, that's too funny. That is too funny. Well, on that note, let's call it a day because the humor is just starting to spiral out of wonderful control here and um, we're in danger of becoming a comedy show uh, with gags like that, Damo. Far too good by you. Um, Thank you for your wisdom. I'm looking forward to having plenty of bread with you in the heat of the uh, European spring (laughs) Uh, in Icaria in September this year. Um, Awesome. Will it be autumn? Oh, that's right. Sorry, it will be autumn. Oh, there you go. That's far more of a transitional uh, mm. period for an increase in bread consumption. September 4 to mm. 13, if you're looking forward to some bread and butter and wine and uh, legumes and goat boiled or roasted uh, with some Greek salad and tzatziki until you don't know what to do with it and all types of wonderful uh, food experiences and um uh, just a, a 10-day longevity experience. And head on over to 100notout.com. Uh, look, there may be no more spots by the time you hear this, but there may be as well. Applications are all done online over at the website. That's 100notout.com. Um, big shout-out to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Joseph Tomo, our wonderful editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media. And to you, our wonderful listeners, thanks again for your support of the 100 Not Out message. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.